Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, we are continuing to trek through these questions from our listeners on the sovereignty of God and election on the show today. We have our normal hosts, plus we have uh, Ben Blakey at Compass Bible Church. How are you doing today, Ben? Doing great. Glad to be with you guys. I'm glad you're here. And then, as I mentioned yesterday, please keep uh, Pastor Jonathan Van Hoogen in your prayers. He recently discovered that he was diagnosed with cancer, and so he's undergoing treatment. I know that he and his family and his church, his home church, Dayspring, Nad Reform, would really appreciate you lifting him up to the throne. So yesterday we started diving into election, and um, I actually don't think that we really gave kind of a definition of what election is and, and maybe compare the definition of how we would understand election to what's what's very popular in evangelicalism today. Can we do that yeah. first before we answer sure. the next question? Sure. <laughs> election is just a doctrine that God selects or chooses those that he will save, um, and he does that be, before the creation of the world. It's those that he is going to redeem, he's going to justify, he's going to sanctify, that will be glorified. And that is a sovereign choice um, based upon God's good pleasure. It's not based upon um, what he foresees. It's not based upon what he foreknows with regard to us, the object of his either mercy or wrath. Um, So it's not like he looks down in time and says, oh, this person's going to have faith, therefore I'm going to choose him. Um, No, God chooses and as a result somebody then will have faith because of the sovereign choice of God. Yeah, and it's important to underline that we believe in the doctrine of election uh, not because it fits into some system that some human being dreamed up and, and reformed or sometimes accused of that, that we affirm the doctrine of election just because it fits our system. No, we're, what we're doing is is seeking to be faithful to Scripture and this was uh, the teaching of, of Luther and, and Calvin and uh, you can go back into church history, uh, Aquinas and Augustine before them and uh, the, the great uh, fathers of the church um, that we're being faithful to Scripture when we say this, that uh, salvation, well, it, 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 there's, a, there's a verse that's repeated uh, numerous times in Scripture, salvation belongs to the Lord. It doesn't belong to us. And election simply means that uh, God chooses. God chooses those who will come to him. And there's a great mystery in that. We don't claim to understand every aspect of it and how that interplays with our own decision to choose Christ. Uh, but ultimately, the decision is not ours. Uh, praise God, uh, it's not ours. It's it's God's. Do you want to say something, Ben? Well, I, and I think he's... It's important to clarify election for some. I mean, I think a lot of people think of it, you know, you're picking teams at recess in elementary school 
for kickball and okay you're going to be on my team you're not going to be on my team and that's how they think about election when that's never the scriptural explanation uh, there's a quote i've used to try to help paint this picture for people i heard it in a sermon years ago and have never been able to track down who the pastor was quoting it from but it says election keeps no one out of heaven who otherwise would have been there but it keeps a whole multitude of sinners out of hell who otherwise would have been there mm-hmm. if it was not yes. for election heaven would be an empty place and hell would be bursting at the seams that it's not as if god just said i'll take you and nah, not not you but yeah. he reached out in mercy and saved those who were headed to hell i think and to just follow up on that there's nobody that's in hell that eternally that wanted to be in heaven yes and there's nobody in heaven that had wanted to be in hell and didn't have the opportunity i think that's why it's helpful to to, we you know we're also people accuse us of calvinism which i'm fine with that label uh but the the acrostic tulip t-u-l-i-p um election is the second doctrine in that in that acrostic because the first one is our sinfulness and, and it shows the extent of our sinfulness. And it, people kind of have the idea today that, yeah, yeah, we're sinful, which, which basically means we're guilty before God. But that's actually not what the Bible teaches. What the Bible teaches is that we're not only guilty, but we're so corrupt that we want nothing to do with God. And, right. and that's, that's kind of an anathema doctrine today, that your average, you know, pagan on the street who's a basically good moral person, um, actually the Bible says that they hate God. Um, now, they might not be foaming at the mouth and, and using obscenities at God, but to the extent that you ignore an infinitely glorious being like the God of the universe is to the degree that you, you despise him is what the scripture says. Okay, so let's then. I was, I just, I'm sorry, I'm a history teacher um, from a long time ago, so I just want to just clarify. Um, Tulip actually came much later. Um, it actually was Ultip originally in the canons of Dort where Tulip came from, which was a response to the Remonstrats. So they actually did actually start with unconditional election. Did they? However, the first article they wrote says this, since all people have sinned in Adam. So this is the unconditional election part, but they're actually starting with total depravity in unconditional election. Since all people have sinned in Adam and have come under the sentence of the curse and eternal death, God would have done no one an injustice if it had been his will to leave the entire race in sin and under the curse and to condemn them on account of their sin. As the apostle says, the whole world is liable to the condemnation of God. Mm-hmm. All have sinned and are deprived of the glory of God, and the wages of sin is death. Mm-hmm. So Josh was correct in that they started with total depravity, but they actually started with total depravity with unconditional election in their first article. Mm. So it's a fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, it is the 400 year anniversary of the Synod of Dort. That'd be a good thing to do. Have your high school child do a a research project on. Okay. So here's the question then from one of our listeners. Um, They asked when it comes to election. So we just laid the groundwork for what election is and what it's not. When it comes to election, why wouldn't God want everyone in the world to worship him besides just having the elect? worship him well it's it's this is a good question although it's hard to know i would want to probe a little bit the some of the assumptions behind the question but once again and it's already been said here but i would just want to underline that the modern world the the modern attitude uh the modern unbelieving attitude toward god because even even unbelievers have an idea about god 
um, even the unsaved have ideas about God, that God somehow owes us salvation and that we're all really pretty decent people. And that, uh, so I just want to underline, you know, what's already been said here. Let's be astounded. The, the, the New Testament writers are astounded that God in his mercy has reached out to save to himself a people. Yeah. And Jesus has come. Jesus called us his sheep. Uh, he, he said, I know my sheep and they know my name. And I lay down my life for the sheep. Uh, let's be astounded. Uh, do you know the Lord? Uh, do you know? Uh, do you know him? Are you one of his lambs? Be astounded that he's called you to himself and be thankful for his mercy. That's what the doctrine of election is all about. Uh, the entire human race is entirely deserves nothing other than to be eternally separated from God. But God in his mercy has reached out and called to himself a people. That's what the gospel is all about. And that invitation, that we are that proclamation is extended to every human being. Yeah. I think the question again is worded, um, why wouldn't God want everyone in the world to worship him? Um, I think of the verse where it says that God commands all men everywhere to repent. So there's a command that goes out to, to all men, to every nation, that God, on, on one level, desires that everyone should repent of their sins and come to the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And on that basis, this is where I'm at, brothers. I would say, on that basis, there is a desire in God for everyone to worship Him. Sure. Absolutely. Because Absolutely. there's other verses that affirm, you know, First Timothy 2, 2 Peter 3, He's not wishing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. You know, there are verses that assert that, and I think the somebody asked me this question personally, I'd probably push a little bit on mm -hmm. their understanding of what God wants. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the way the question is worded almost puts in a very simplistic mm -hmm. way, you know, when understanding God's will is a very complex yeah. thing. And I think you can help someone understand that by helping them understand they want things. And sometimes things they want can conflict with each other. Yeah. And they, even within themselves have that experience of, I want something and I want something else. Which and one like, wins? And, and then I'm like, if you feel that way, you know, I think God's probably a little more complex and his thoughts are a little higher than yours. Yeah. So if you can feel that way, I, I think we need to step back and say, there's a lot going on in the will of God that's, right. that we're not going to understand, but we shouldn't assume his will is going to be something a lot more simple than ours. Absolutely. Let me just push back a, a little bit on what Josh was saying as far as that God puts a call out there for all men to repent. So what's the answer to the question is, why don't they repent? Are you asking me? Yeah, I'm asking the question. Mm -hmm. ultimately, because they're, ultimately because they're sinful. I mean, I think there's two answers, right? They're sinful. They don't want to repent. They, they don't want, want to. They want nothing to right. do with God. So what would the, the questioner maybe answer that with? Because they were not elect. elect. Mm -hmm. And this is where we get confused. People don't repent because they don't want to. Yeah. Yes. They don't repent because they weren't chosen. Just let that sink in. They didn't repent because they didn't want to. And the only reason there are those that want to repent is because God graciously did a work within their heart mm -hmm. and made them willing in the day of salvation. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why we praise God eternally for his great grace, because we know we weren't worthy. Yeah. We right. wouldn't have wanted him 
if he hadn't stirred that affection in us to want him and to desire him. Yeah. And so that's why it goes back to what we were saying earlier. Hell would have been full. Yes. If God didn't graciously elect some to salvation. Yes. Let me let me push back on the questioner a little bit. Uh, when it comes to election, why wouldn't God want everyone to uh, want everyone in the world to worship Him? Um, because God could have. We talked about this off the air. God could have elected everybody if He wanted to, right? Um, and, and Ben, what you were saying was that God has these competing. Maybe that's not the best word, but these these multiplicity, this complexity of desires, and we and we, I thought you were going to go there, but you didn't quite touch on it. Which is this: what is God's highest desire? And, and I think what's in the mind of of many of of evangelicals today is that God's highest desire is that poor little man would 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 come into a relationship with God. Uh-huh. That's now I don't want anybody to get a wrong idea. God is a pitiful, loving, compassionate God. Um, but God's highest is not desire. He's not bowling for sinners in heaven. God's highest desire is that he would glorify his name. And that, at the bottom of this question is, why wouldn't God want everyone to worship him? Everybody will worship him. That's right. It's not just the elect. That's a great point. Philippians 2. Philippians 2, at the name yes. of Jesus, every, every knee will knee. bow and yep. every tongue confess. The fact is, those that are eternally damned in some way glorify God. That's hard for us to wrap our minds around because we can't. It's beyond us, I believe. But even God's just judgment against the ungodly is worship. Will That's result right. in worship of, right. of God. Um, and I think as long as we're here on this side of eternity, we won't fully be able to understand that. But you're saying we could have saved this whole discussion by just answering the question, he does <laughs> and they will? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, real quick, we have 15 seconds. Book recommendation for this issue. If you're going back to the last topic, I think um, J.R. Packer's um, book on evangelism and the sovereignty of God is is, is yeah, excellent. There you go. I think A.W. Pink, Sovereignty of God, is a good, great, great book. Still Sovereign, edited by Tom Schreiner and Bruce Ware. Some good articles on this as well. Okay. Well, you've been listening to The Gospel for Life. We've been tackling some questions from our listeners. If you'd like to send us a question, just email us at info at reformationboise.com, and we would love to answer those on the air. We'll talk to you next time. 